This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee. Todd, how are you? Todd's with me. I'm not just saying, I'm Lee, and then Todd. And that would be weird to the people listening, which is me, listening four times a week. But how are you, Todd? <laughs> I wanted to not talk over your intro, which I managed to do the first three times, so I, I was quiet and I was waiting. I am, you just wanted uh, to let me go because I, I was like, I was already off the rails, and you're like, let's see how far Lee can go with this. <laughs> Like, uh, that, that might be a record for us. It's like, what, what was that, 11 seconds? That's pretty good. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, I really am. <laughs> and there's the Michael Scott kiss. Um, which I just watched, just watched the video of that. It's like talking about off the rails. I thought Welcome you got, went all, strange all Italian there for a second. Yeah, I thought you went all Italian <laughs> for a second. I was like, the, the Seahawks are playing in Germany in 2022, not Italy. Yeah, I can't throw that salute, man. Sorry. Totally different. You see, um, that's exciting. It, that's exciting. It that is. Be playing in Germany. First regular season NFL game in Germany in the history of the NFL, which the Germans care very little about, probably because there's something called soccer. <laughs> that said, did you see there was an article somebody posted? Because we're all it's May in every site, then tune in to twelfthmanrising.com because that's where you can check out all our articles. But there was one site, and I, I honestly, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. I just can't remember which site it was, but it was like Yahoo or something. Had an article that 12s are upset about the start time for the uh, Seahawks-Buccaneers uh, game in Germany. And I'm thinking, first of all, it's 6.30 a.m. Pacific time for every of those international games. And, and you think about it, like, you're nine hours behind them what do you want them to do play the game at 11 p.m when nobody shows up like come on first of all i think that that article was a lot of hullabaloo i don't think it was actually a, a 12s are that upset i mean was it, was it hullabaloo or was it shindig which was it it was it was more hullabaloo um i don't think it was so grotesque that it was uh shindig but um but anyway i, I don't know why anybody's upset I haven't talked to anybody that's upset. And hey, um, there's a bunch of Seahawks fans in Seattle, obviously, because they play in Seattle. But there's Seahawks fans everywhere. And in, in 6.30 Pacific time, I, I mean, it's weird because you have 10 a.m. starts in Pacific time. And on the East Coast, it's you know, all, 1 all and 4.30. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. And the East Coasters, when you have a, a, a primetime game, they're the ones that kind of get screwed over because they're not over until 12. At least on the on Pacific time, they're done at... 8.30 or 9, you know? But, I mean, it is what it is. It's one game. I, I think it's an awesome opportunity for the Seahawks to try to <coughs> sign some Bayern Munich guys, uh, maybe as kickers, to take uh, Jason Myers' place and save $4 million. Of course, those guys would cost, would cost a lot more. They would cost a lot more. I like starting the show with nothing that's on our list, by the way. So we, we always <laughs> send Todd a list, or Todd will send me a list, and we'll be like, this is what we're talking about on the show, and that was not on the show at all. So No, not at all. You know, if you get up at 6.30 in the morning, actually you get up at 6.25 because you have to brush your teeth and you have stuff. And then you start watching the game at 6.30. When the game's over, you can you can go into work an hour late if you have to work that day, which would be sad. I have brunch. It's Sunday. Sunday. 
But yeah, I mean, beautiful. Like, eh, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, they could have played a night game and then it would be better. But it's like, they probably don't want to play a night game. It's dangerous. There's dangerous people in Germany. <laughs> that's right. Because right. it's full of soccer players. That's right. Pick you. Hooligans. Less than $4 million. <laughs> yeah, the hooligans is what they are. Hooligans at the Shindig. When, when we were growing Actually, up in the 18... Hell yeah, hell of a and, and when we were growing up in the 1860s, that's what they used to call the soccer fans, right? Hooligans. hooligans. But now nobody calls them hooligans anymore. I like that word. Hooligans is a fine word. Like, should be, you know, instead of, since, since it's not on the list, let's talk about the USFL, which was a really stupid concept. Oh, I thought the you were going to go. I thought, see, I, I had a segue, hooligan, and then we were going to start talking about Earl Thomas. But, but go ahead with the USFL. Oh, we'll get a, we'll get around to Mr. Thomas here. But see, he's on the agenda, so it's too soon for that. But <laughs> you know, Houston Hooligans, that would have been a great Houston like, Hooligans. That is good. Houston Hooligans would be beautiful instead of the Houston Gamblers. But not to do that. Anyway, <laughs> Gappers? Hooligans. Is that what they're called? Gamblers. Gamblers. Oh, I thought you said Gappers, and I was like, what is Gappers? That? Gappers that would means. be awesome. Mind the gap. Mind the gap. You know who didn't oh, mind right. the gap? Earl Thomas. He didn't mind the gap. I almost went somewhere else with that. Yeah, but anyway, Earl, <laughs> Earl Thomas was arrested uh, or had an arrest warrant. I'm just going to read Brady Anderson, ESPN. An arrest warrant, this is from two days ago. And whenever you're listening to this, it's two days ago. Also, it's Happy Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully you have had a mother at some point in your life or someone birthed you. So it's Mother's Day, unless you were created in a lab, which would be cool. Mark Zuckerberg, oh. this does not apply to you. Um, we'll get into Mar- Marvel movies later. But anyway, uh, an arrest warrant for Earl Thomas has been issued in Austin, Texas. Um, after police, I don't know why I said Austin, Texas that way. I did the same thing last week. I was like, bam. I was like, I have no idea why I'm saying it. But anyway, yeah. Austin, Texas, or Tejas. After police say the former Seattle Seahawks and Baltimore Ravens safety violated a court protective order by sending threatening messages to a woman about her and her children. It's, it's weird because this whole article says about a woman. But and yeah. unless I'm cor- incorrect, it's his soon-to-be ex-wife. Or they it filed is. for this. So it's not, it's not, I mean, she is a woman, I'm assuming, but she's not just some random woman. Yeah, um, about 17, it worse, about 17 paragraphs further, it, it does mean, mention that it is his ex-wife. So. Yeah. Says court records show the warrant signed April 27th charges Thomas with a third degree felony for at least two violations within 12 months of a protective order from May 2021 that stated he could only communicate with the with again with the woman through a co-parenting phone app, according to the paper. So he's, you know, um, he I guess it says uh, on April 18th, informing uh, Thomas sent a. a the text saying informing the woman that he had just obtained two handguns and another later that day in which he told her he will quote unquote kick her um bleep I, the weird the weird thing is the article actually has her in brackets like okay you can say ass but you can't say anyway but um yeah i mean earl thomas is it's funny. He was always he always seemed like he had a little bit of a screw loose, even when listening to interviews yeah. with him. In the in the, but he was right. he was a great player. He wasn't didn't seem to be an issue off the field until he was an issue on the field by flipping off the 
the Seahawks sideline just a couple of weeks before um, Mr. Allen passed away, which made Thomas look a lot worse. But then, as it turns out, with the way the, he was in Baltimore, and mm-hmm. uh, as we later found out in Seattle, seems like just kind of an ass in the locker room and doesn't really get along with his teammates. So the guy's kind of a jerk, no matter if this came up or not. But somebody said, uh, what is it when the players get hit too much in the head? They have a... Yeah, CTE. Yeah. CTE, yes. And, and that's exactly what I thought about, too, with, with Thomas. Um, which is sad if that's... Well, it's sad regardless of the issue, but even more so if... if because clearly he has, to some extent, mental health issues. I mean, if, if you're going to text someone threatening things, it's bad enough to threaten somebody. Obviously, that's the big problem. But that you're stupid enough to put it on a text where there's a record of it, you got well, some Tom, kind of Thomas mental is no Richard Sherman. He's never been accused of having a brain. <laughs> right. I want... And, that's with the other person I was thinking of, and and Richard Sherman is not a jerk, but of course he had the domestic issue. Issue last offseason, that's that right. Came, and it does really, and this, this didn't happen early in his career. This happened very late after he's taken hundreds and hundreds of hits, and it's you know it, it's a much bigger picture than what's going on with Earl Thomas, and then. As far as Thomas is concerned, it's like it's, it's really sad because, you know, he's openly put out there. It's like he, he's interested in coming back to the NFL. And like you said, the way he left the Ravens, I don't know that any team would even want to talk with him, let alone talk with him and then decide, yeah, he's OK. We'll bring him back in. Because I actually was thinking about oh, writing an article about it. And then this happened. It's like, no, this, I mean, Deshaun Watson's contract aside, this dude is obviously toxic, right? He's like. Why would you even talk to him? He hasn't played in like 600 years at this point. <laughs> he left on the worst possible terms on his from his former team, and now this comes up, threatening serious threats of violence against his ex. Yep. That he was stupid enough to put in a text. It's like, you know, whatever happens to him in the legal system happens, you know, but he needs help. Yeah, and I'm not does. like, it's like, oh, okay, everybody's like, we're just going to pet everybody and take it, take good care of them and coddle them and give them hugs and stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But clearly he needs help. Yeah. And to be to be fair, sorry to jump in, but it does, his, Nina Thomas is who else is involved with this. But in April 2020, she was arrested in Austin right. after pointing a loaded gun, handgun at Earl Thomas during a heated um Argument. It's funny that she was charged with first degree felony burglary of a residence, blah, blah, blah. But that in 2021, I think Thomas was charged with a misdemeanor, um, third, de- oh, sorry, third degree felony for at least, at least two violations for a protective order, but then a misdemeanor for not, for carrying a, ga- a gun, uh, unlawfully carrying a weapon. Why is that a misdemeanor? <laughs> Shouldn't that be a felony? Yeah. I- well, the, the guy who just attacked, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's a complete mystery, obviously. I think it's a mystery to, to prosecutors at times because the guy who just attacked Dave Chappelle with a, I'm not, I'm not saying he attacked him with a knife, but he had a knife on his person. Yeah. And how it got through security, I don't know. And he's being charged with a misdemeanor. 
Oh, like, are you serious? What? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's wild. What? Yeah. Yeah, Chappelle's lawyer said basically, what? <laughs> like, are you are you kidding me? The guy jumps onto the stage, tries to tackle my client, and he had a knife on him. And that's a misdemeanor? What the hell kind of, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't understand that. I don't, I don't know. Pre-pro, we were talking about that. Uh, we were talking I about did. how the news, that's right, news sensationalizes everything. And they were talking yeah. about that on, on the Today program. And they were saying, <laughs> and Chris Rock happened to, uh, literally, they said, Chris Rock happened to be there. But he didn't happen to be there. It was a comedy festival, and he was one of the people there. It's like, what, yeah. is, what is wrong with the news? Anyway, let's let's flip from uh, Earl Thomas, who I don't think we care for too much as a human, unfortunately, to a person who is no longer a Seahawk as well, but a pretty great human, it seems, K.J. Wright. And K.J. Wright was on the Trey Wingo yeah. podcast this past week and talking about I, did you hear the podcast or hear the part i didn't hear about? the podcast but i've, but I've read the, the portion and by the way i really wish my parents had made me trey wingo that's right damn awesome <laughs> trey trey was he was always an inside player and could never shoot the three too that's kind of weird but um with kj Wright, <laughs> what's that it's really weird you know, like he's basically he's gone yeah but Todd is entering the Holland Tunnel, by the way. So it's, it sounds like. But um, yeah, no, anyway, he's in a restaurant and with KJ Wright. KJ Wright um said on the Trey Wingo podcast uh, this week that he uh, wishes he actually could come home to play with Seattle, which I didn't know what, that when he and I don't know him personally, so I don't know why I would know this. But when he went to join the Raiders last year, he said his family didn't come with him; they just stayed back in Seattle, and he, you know, he would go back and forth. Um, which, which sounds like if you're a Raiders fan, maybe you think oh, KJ wasn't really bought in to, uh, you know, what we were doing. Cause his heart was still in Seattle with his family. Nothing wrong with that family first. Right. right? But the, I felt, I felt bad for KJ, because, not because of the situation that happened, but him, I, I love that he was honest about, you know, wanting to come back to Seattle and maybe play with the Seahawks. Sure. But I felt bad because <clears throat> I think KJ Wright's still a good player. There's no home for him in Seattle on the on the team because there's right. uh, making this this uh, decision this offseason to rightfully get younger and faster. Um, the linebacker group may not. It's pretty good, but they've gone to more of a three four and Cody Barton is exactly. more of the Bobby Wagner part. KJ is not going to take Jordan Brooks's place because Brooks is a beast. And then right. you've got two outside guys who are basically edge rushers. KJ would be great on screen passes. He best I've ever seen. And maybe he could come back and and sign to a veteran minimum contract, which I would be okay with, and then teach the guys how to, hey, this is how you play the screen pass, which they sucked at last year. But exactly. I just I'd love KJ <coughs> to come back and and be a Seahawk. There's just no home for him. If if he would take that contract, that's absolutely what they should do it exactly for the reason that you said. It's like, yeah, and they are getting I mean, that's why KJ went to the Raiders to begin with, because even then they were looking at getting younger and faster with two guys you just mentioned, right? And Ben Burkirvin is coming back, and, and, you know, we'll see what, what happens with that. But, yeah, they are definitely moving towards a defense that doesn't really have a home for KJ, not at this point in his career. And that's the thing. It's like, if we're talking KJ 10 years ago, it's like, uh, uh, good luck trying to keep him out of the starting lineup. But he's not that guy anymore. Yep. But if they can, if he would take a, a veteran's minimum, oh my God, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And then maybe next year he retires and, oh, look who's on our coaching staff. Exactly. Like, how freaking awesome would that be? That would be fantastic. Like yep. there, there are several players, several players, because we talked about Adrian Peterson numerous times and he still wants to play, which of course he does. And he wants to retire with the Vikings, which of course he would want to retire with the Vikings because why wouldn't he? But man, perfect world. Well, perfect world. Earl Thomas doesn't do the crazy crap that he does either. But perfect world, they sign KJ to a deal like that, and they do the same thing with Adrian Peterson. Yeah, Not that I, he obviously he doesn't have the history, obviously, but the difference he made from what Rashad Penny himself says, like that dude needs to be on the Seahawks staff in some capacity. He has to be there. Yeah, I like, worry. I, that, I know. I worry that he's not on the team because it's like we saw what Rashad Penny did last year after Adrian Peterson was there, and we saw there were several moments in those games that Penny was racking up big yards that he looked like he was hurt on the field. And you're, I'm, I mean, your first inclination with Penny is like, uh oh, he's hurt again. He's going to be out. Right. And then he came back onto the field and a couple of plays later, and I don't feel like that would have happened if Adrian Peterson had not been there. I mean, Peterson said. You know, he came in and was like, man, you want to play football, you're going to get hurt and you're going to get banged up and you need to get your ass back out on the field. Um, and, and he did it in a in a very productive way, obviously, because Penny was a beast at the end of the season. But I worry Absolutely. that Peterson's not on the team this year and what will happen with Penny this year. I think he'd be a great coach. And I think you're right about K.J. Wright being a, a coach as well. I mean, heck, you could have this is ideal and these guys have never coached, but K.J. Wright comes back as some kind of maybe inside linebacker, linebacker coach. Cam mm-hmm. Chancellor comes back, coaching safeties. Doug Baldwin comes back, coaching receivers. I mean, talk about getting off the line, getting separation. Like, come on, dude. Have some clinics with BK. I mean, yeah. not that BK has issues, but it's like he can improve. Yeah, he can. That's, I mean, where, he can, that's where he can improve. Just like you said, he can improve by... He's got all the physical skills, but he needs to maybe be, I mean, he's become a much better route runner than people I think thought he was going to be when he entered the oh, league, but he can still. Absolutely, yes, yeah. That's why just he at the line, I mean, Doug would right. beat people like, bam, it's like you're beat. Yeah. Yeah, and just, and just that mental attitude that Baldwin has is like, you know, I, I hate equating football with war because there's actually one going on and football is not war. George but, Scott. <laughs> but <clears throat> Doug Baldwin, I mean, he has that attitude. He absolutely has that attitude, which would be really good for everybody on the team to have, but especially yeah. in the receiver set. So, yeah, I mean, Tyler, un- Tyler Lockett doesn't need help. Right. But un- I mean, right. Yeah, because Lockett is pretty much Doug, right? I mean, because yeah. they do. They do they both have great hands. They're both about the same size. They both understand that they have to do certain things or they won't be productive. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Lockett could would be more consistently productive, I guess, if Doug was around. I can't I can't see Doug coming back as a coach because I think he does other things, but it would be he's, fantastic. Yeah, he's he's way too busy doing real life things for sure. Yeah, positive but, real life things, unlike yeah. Earl Thomas. <laughs> yeah, but my God, that would be – but K.J. Wright, I, I mean – that seems like that's a strong possibility. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Bring it back, like you said, in the veterans contract would be with and just they probably I don't think they can do it legally, but like under the table, like 
the Patriots do. Just let them know. Because, like, in the future, when you're done playing, guess who's guess who's our new coach? Because, hell, they can have 9,000 coaches in the NFL. They don't care about that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that would be fantastic, man. And obviously, he wants to stay in Seattle. So Where's he guys? Makes sense. Um, You brought up DK. Of course, he's got a – entering the last year of his contract, his four-year deal, because he was a second-round draft pick, so he doesn't have that fifth-year option like a first-round draft pick would. But he's uh, the Seahawks have kind of set themselves up for a lot of cap space after trading Russell Wilson. A bunch of his cap comes off next year. And Bobby Wagner, of course, all his stuff is gone um, completely. He, they saved a bunch this year, but the rest of it's off 2023. And then they're starting over with the offensive line, hopefully for a long term. So they're going to have a lot right. of rookie contracts of people who should be productive for a long time. But, they, you know, he's going to I heard I was talking to somebody this week about titans with aj brown and and i guess um they were trying to work out an extension and aj brown and dk metcalf and all the top receivers seem to have the same agent right but the titans were offering aj brown like 17 18 million and i'm like you know and i told the guy i was like on in this in this day and age that's a slap in the face i mean that's a ton of money but compared to what the other receivers are getting and what aj brown possibly could do that's a slap in the face. You got to at least start in the twenties, right? So hopefully, the good thing is DK hasn't said this off season or any other time that I've heard like, well, they need to pay me or I won't play. Blah 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 blah. And it's like the total opposite. Like I want to stay in Seattle. I hope a right. deal gets done, um, yeah. and I hope they get a, an extension done this off season. And <clears throat> I, I think with all the money they're going to save and the receiver market right now, and correct me if. Correct me if I'm wrong, because, again, we, we grew up in 1830s football where if people were getting paid, they were getting paid a dollar and then some free bread for their families. But now if they, they with an extension, they probably should start that contract talk. And maybe they already have at like twenty five million and then go from there and right. and make it three or four years. The guy's only twenty four years old. So it's ridiculous. But yeah, is, would, would you I'm, go higher? We've been, uh, depends on the market. If I have to, yes. I'd go higher. I mean, would would you, you know, start? Would you start higher, or would you just kind of negotiate? Oh no, I'd start. I'd, I'd start. Probably start like at twenty three. And but with incentives and linked. I felt like you slapped me in the face just now. That was a slap in the face. I'm going to go play for the Jets. Well, I've been I've I've been playing I've been playing football. I haven't, I haven't been playing football. I haven't been watching. I've been watching football since Pop Warner was a kid in a Pop Warner league. That's how long I've been watching football. I coached um, Pop Warner when he was little. <laughs> Pop Warner. Uh, yeah, he's gonna make his money. I'm like George Callis's great grandfather. <laughs> he loves Seattle, like he said. He loves he loves playing for Pete. You know, he just a few days ago he was talking about like you know he can come in a different color hair every day. They don't care. It's like what what team would care about that to begin with? Yeah. But still, you know, he loves that locker room. He loves the coaching staff that approach. Uh, Dude wants to be here, so obviously he's going to want the most money he can get. But he hasn't said that his agent is definitely going to want that because his agent gets that percentage. And I don't but blame the agent. It. That's his job. He's worth it. He's worth it. Yeah, it's their job. But you know, if they wind up paying him what twenty-seven. Isn't he worth it? Yeah, he is. Uh, who knows what they're going to wind up paying the dude? But it's he's worth like it. He is. Carlos Alcaraz money after this year. <laughs> that's <clears throat> pretty bizarre isn't it i knew that would come up 
we should have talked about that in pre-pro high again, Ted. I was like, holy cow. I, was like, I think I'm going to go decimate the tennis world at the Madrid Open. Now, now the five people who are listening have turned off the podcast. That's right. He's uh, the youngest, youngest top 10 player since uh, Rafael Nadal, 17 years ago. Crazy guy looks, and, and I don't know if you've watched any of the doubles stuff. <laughs> yep, we've totally lost people at this point talking about doubles <laughs> tennis. But <laughs> Alcaraz actually decided to um, play doubles with the guy who's retiring, and he, uh, the other Spaniard, and, and to do it because he wanted to honor the guy. He seems like a really decent kid. He also seems like a beast of a of a. He's already won three titles this year, but he basically he's gone through. He started off with the. Uh, Nadal, who Nadal barely beat him in the PNP earlier. Then he beat Nadal, he beat Djokovic, and now he's got Zverev. And it's like, uh, this kid is, I mean, the sky's the limit, right? It's like DK Metcalf, the sky's the limit kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited. Both are... Yeah, back to Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, DK is. Oh, Carlos Alcaraz just signed with the Seahawks, actually. He's, uh, no, he's a new quarterback. I wonder if he's going to go to the game in Germany. I mean, it's not that far for him. So, Spaniards cool. in Germany. Mm. Um, Metcalf is only going to get better. That's the thing. Oh, back to football. You did say that, yeah. I was he, like, is, what? he is going to get. He is going to get better. He's not reached his peak yet. And if he has, even if he has, that's a pretty damn good peak. But there's no reason to think he's not going to continue and improve. And well, yeah, and that was sorry to jump in. My fear with him wanting he played with russell wilson obviously for three years but my fear with him thinking i'm a free agent next year unless they uh, you know put the tag on me or what a franchise tag on me right um i well i don't have russell wilson anymore i've got drew locker gino whoever it ends up being i'm still playing next to tyler lockett we seem to want to run the ball more my numbers are never going to be Julio Jones numbers because we don't have that same kind of offense. Maybe I want to go somewhere where I put up huge numbers. But I think DK, if he's getting paid, if he loves the city, like you said, and he's getting paid, who cares, right? Because yeah. they're getting paid to pay the, play the game. Pay the play the game. Um, so, <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if, as long as he's getting paid. He's going to be him and Lockett's not getting, as we've talked about before, Lockett's not getting any younger. So in two or three years, Metcalf is the guy, if he's not already the right. guy to begin with. I mean, his numbers are going to be fantastic. The team's going to be better, which is going to make his numbers better. I mean, they got to sign him long term, sign him. Yeah, they do. They do have to sign him long term. And that's the one possibility that I had thought of. So thanks for giving me nightmares now. Is that, yeah, he may want to go to a pass happy offense. Uh, which, you know, as a receiver, can't blame him. But I don't know that he's ever said anything about that. And he may say that every single day, and I haven't noticed it, but he, I've never, never heard him say anything about the numbers, you know, wanting to have, you know, be the all-time top receiver in NFL history. I've never heard anything like that. The only thing so, I've heard is when he's complained about not getting the ball, which happened in the playoffs a couple of years ago where – Wilson forced the pass against the Rams and ended up getting picked off because Metcalf hadn't even been targeted in the first half. And then they came out in the first, second half right. and threw that ball. So that kind of changed things. But I mean, so you have a, a player, a good player who wants the ball. What's wrong with that? Right. That's what you that's, want. Yeah. That's like, don't throw me the ball. That's a completely different thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you, when, when you don't even 
target the guy for an entire half, that's ridiculous. It's like I would be complaining too if which that's happened my job and I'm really good show. at my job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, have you seen the thing about Tyreek Hill about the Tyreek offered uh, Metcalf fifty thousand dollars to raise and it would go to charity, of course. Um, but I, I, they eventually, eventually they might raise. What's that? Yeah. A, I was just saying, it's like, who cares if he's triple covered? It's like, dude, the guy's tall. The guy can jump. It's like, yeah, you oh, still yeah. have to target yeah. him. Yep. I think you're fading off a little bit. Did you hear the part about, uh, or live on podcasts about the race with Tyree Kill that I was talking about? No, I did not. So repeat oh, it okay. for our listeners and me. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Tyree, Tyree Kill, you know, because uh, this whole Tyree Kill and DK right. Metcalf thing is, has been brewing for a couple of years. And it's just two guys seem yeah. to have fun. Like, oh, I'm faster than you. No, I'm faster than right. you. Blah, blah, blah. So Tyree Kill right. has offered uh, $50,000 to DK to race and the money would go to charity. Um, I, that would be fun. And and the thing is that I think Tyreek Hill would win because if it's a sprint, it's harder for a tall guy, unless you're Usain Bolt or something like that, to to right. get out of your crouch, you know, and not get behind. But it, that would be a fun well, thing. Well, what's the distance, though? Is it 40 or 100? Oh, I don't know. I think they just mentioned it was it must be 100. It was the same thing yeah. Metcalf ran for. Uh, yeah. It didn't okay. really specify. 100, I I give. I get DK a good shot. Uh, 140 is like, yeah, no way for the reason he gave. 100, he might, he might be able to catch him. But I'm not saying Tyreek Hill is exactly a tortoise either. Yeah, he just uh, needs to pretend <clears> Tyreek <throat> intercepted the ball, I think, and then he'd catch up. <laughs> then he would, because then there'd be motivation. It's like, that's still one of the freakiest things I've ever seen. It's like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> but first, Tyreek Hill just got a big contract. So first place is... It shouldn't be five. It shouldn't be fifty thousand. It should be a million. Uh, the Seahawks need to front the money to DK until he gets his contract. It should be a million. Obviously, <laughs> it goes to charity. The teams should match that. So you're you're talking some serious money. Then the NFL should match it. Just one offer. So then you're talking like five million for charity, and then it's going to be on ESPN Plus. And then you know it's like make something of it. Make a big deal out of this. All the money goes to charity. It's like that would be a really, really cool thing. But in the meantime, it's really fun for this going back and forth. I mean, hopefully they don't do it until next offseason because then they can have a whole year of building the anticipation. <laughs> It'd actually be a really cool thing. They could do that. And they could have other competitions, too. Just, you know, have an NFL. Let's have fun. And, you know, let's see who can hit the hardest. It's like when someone's going to die when, you know, one of the Bosa boys, like, nails him <laughs> into the turf. But it would be really cool to see something like that. Of course, in the 1850s, you know, they they did have those things on TV, right? Off season, you'd have those skills competitions where like quarterbacks <clears throat> would try to throw the ball and stuff like that. You know, I, I, and I think maybe because of the money involved nowadays, they try to not do those things because if what happens if Hill and sure. Metcalf are racing and one of them tears an Achilles or something, then it's like uh, it's bad. Yeah, that's that's, that's the, the concern. As it's always. very risk averse you know NFL. So. Have, have, have Lloyds of London insure the whole thing for like $50 million each for each player. And we'll World, be free. World be free. World be free. free. And just, just don't let Joe Frazier go in the pool. That, Joe Frazier. Sink like a stone. See that again. That sinks like a stone. One of the other funniest, amazing things in sports ever is Joe Frazier drops like a rock. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. That's right. 
became an Aretha song, actually. Number one song in 1973, Frasier Sinks Like a Stone. Don't look that up. <laughs> I made that up. Made that up. <laughs> so uh, Pete, Pete Carroll uh, seemed to put to bed rest of any Baker Mayfield to... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's bed rest. It's off season. It's bed rest time. Baker Mayfield coming to uh, Seattle when he was asking <clears throat> during an interview this week about, you know, the Seahawks entertaining any kind of trade. And, and the, the two words that he said that I thought were um, very uh, important were at all, because he said right. that, that they're not looking to trade for anybody specifically at all, which, um, you know, they 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 may still. Um, depending on if Cleveland wants to realize they're idiots for having Mayfield still on the roster, not releasing him anyway, because they're not getting anything back for him. But maybe they offer to pay some some of his salary or most of his salary for 2022, $18.5 million that he's owed. But I thought it was, they really seem set on Drew Locke and Geno Smith, right? Unless there's somebody somebody coming in that I'm not aware of, a young Steve Young or something. And of course, and of course he got a young Steve Young. They, they can't mention anyone by name correct and he said he said that yeah but that also means jimmy garoppolo anybody else that that could possibly be out there yeah i know threw up up in my mouth a little bit there sorry about that especially on mother's day he's a good looking Um, guy though we got it we we're contractually bound to say that he's a good looking guy yes he is a good looking guy and it's it's it's, uh i think i think his looks are probably about 127 million of this 137 million of the contract Mm -hmm. and the other 10 Scores job performance. Um, I mean, it's not that he's a bad quarterback because he isn't really, but for the money he's making, he's a terrible quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Issue. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, they are clearly okay with with Locke and or Gino. I mean, that's obvious at this point. And while they would never publicly say it, there's no point in bringing in a quarterback who is going to cost a lot more money and screw up your potential 2023 draft by improving the team by a couple, a couple games because at the most, that's what it would be. And then having to pay that, it it just does not make any, any sense because no matter who you bring in, who's a veteran, I don't, I don't care if Cleveland pays everything and you literally could get Baker Mayfield for nothing like zero. Because if he plays well, which, of course, why do you want him if he doesn't play well? You got to pay him a lot more because he's yeah, if you choose to pay him, yeah. contract next year. To pay him. what's the point? I mean, he's There's not no getting why tittle money, but um, yeah, I, uh, you, want, you want that rookie quarterback who you hope obviously will develop at the rookie contract. The same thing, like you said, that they're doing with tackles that they're doing with well, all the rookies, obviously, like they get younger and they can that way they have money. For people like DK Metcalf and hopefully Lockett, people like that, that they are going to have to be paying more for down the road. It's like it makes zero sense to bring in a veteran quarterback who's going to cost them more money and going to cost them a ton more money next year. Yeah, because, you know, the Seahawks aren't going to pay anybody else, uh, a free agent from another team, a lot of money for sure. Um, I did like how um, Pete Carroll said that if Drew Locke were coming out in this this year's draft, if right. this were his draft year, he would have been the first quarterback picked. And based on his college career, true. it's true. Absolutely true. He absolutely would have been. And that's a really good way to look at it. It's like if people are saying, it's like, oh, they draft a quarterback, they didn't draft a quarterback. It's like, 
Well, they kind of did, except with the benefit of this guy has NFL experience. Now, has he proven himself as a starter? You know, obviously you can't say that, but there's still a lot of benefit in that he has seen the game. He's Um, yeah, you may have you may have faded off. I'm not sure if you can hear me, but um, I I, I want to say this. You know, the Seahawks have two first round picks next year. Wouldn't it be ironic if the uh, the Broncos pick that they picked up from this Russell Wilson trade actually ended up being the higher pick of the two? Because there, there's no guarantee the Broncos are going to even yeah. Because there's no guarantee Russell Wilson is going to make that team in that division so much right. better it's like they they might be exactly they could finish third or fourth <clears throat> in that division exactly that that division could very well be what our division was last year it was like oh look all the wild cards came from that division that could easily happen that's a, Somebody's that's got a to very lose. tough division somebody has yeah, to lose in that exactly. division and there's no reason it can't be exactly. the bronc i i i wish no ill will to russell wilson personally right. He could throw for 50 touchdown passes and two interceptions. If the Broncos go 0 and 17, I'm happy, right? Because that means, hey, yeah, boom, Seahawks have the first pick. That's not going to happen, obviously. But if they are, you're going up against a good Chiefs team. You're going up against an improved Raiders team. The Chargers are also right. improved. There's no guarantee right. that that any of those teams are worse than the Broncos. And yes. the Broncos have, I mean, they've got a they've got a tough schedule. It's just I don't I don't just adding Russell Wilson doesn't make the Broncos late twenties draft because hey the Seahawks had Russell Wilson last year and they've had him for several years and they were last exactly. in the division last year and even if he had played they would have been last in the division. Yep, that's and it's I don't know I don't remember who it was but uh, one of the well-known writers picked uh, Wilson as his MVP this year finally which would be really Hemingway bizarre. I believe it was Hemingway who said that. I've never even gotten a vote, so it'd be pretty bizarre. It's like if he wins MB- league MVP, I'm super happy for him. Except for the fact that that would mean that the Broncos probably had a good record, because you're not going to get the MVP if your team doesn't have a good record. <clears throat> but yeah, it's like, dude, throw for 5,000 yards and 43 touchdowns and five picks. It's like have a hell of a season. I'm more than happy for you, as long as the Broncos go like you know sit. Yeah, Which I they agree. could. So, you know, totally agree with you. It's like, Wilson have a good year. Broncos have a crap year. Yep, because so if the Broncos have a crap year, it's nothing personal against Russell Wilson. It's just better for the Seahawks, and I'm a Seahawks fan, period. Exactly. Um, so a couple of things that we're, we do have on our list for people who don't look at our list that we don't send out prior to the podcast because weird. Um, we were going to <laughs> rank weird. the Seahawks draft picks. <laughs> By who would play first? We're gonna say that till next week because we yes. have 16 months of before season starts, and that's gonna take a long. It's gonna <laughs> take a long time. Um, but is. two things that I want to we're gonna talk about before the show ends is one is since we're talking quarterbacks, Malik Willis. Um, there was this report that came out this week that said the Seahawks weren't gonna draft Malik Willis because they saw him as quote nowhere near ready to be in the NFL. And that uh, for anybody who would might be shocked by that, I'm not sure why you would be shocked by that because he doesn't, he played at Liberty. He doesn't seem to be anywhere near NFL ready and Seattle needs to draft a quarterback next year. So I think that's just off season stuff. We're going to see more of that crap come out. Like 
oh, right? Just sure. to like raise, oh my gosh, that that happened. It's like, well, yeah, of course it happened because Willis isn't near NFL ready. That's why I didn't go until the third round anyway. But did you see anything weird about that that no. uh, article? No. How many times have we said that ourselves? It's like he played at Liberty. Six point you know, three. Consider. <laughs> you have to consider the level of competition. It's like now if he had had the season he did and he was the quarterback at Clemson or LSU or something. OK, now it's like, OK, this is a really interesting pick, but he didn't. <clears throat> you know, and, and obviously they felt the same about all of the quarterbacks. Otherwise, they would have picked one of them. It's like that's that's not how is that a shock? Clearly, the league felt the same way. There was one quarterback taken in the first round. And only because is, he played at Pittsburgh and the team that chose him was the right. Steelers. It's like, come on. It's like the, the entire league knew this was, I don't know if I would say it's a historically bad year for quarterbacks, but I'm going to say it. This is a historically bad year for quarterbacks. That doesn't mean we could have three or four of these guys wind up in the Hall of Fame. You never know. But from everything that you can see in their record and the level of competition, None of these guys was like, oh, my God, yeah. like, all the teams need this guy. It's like, no, there were no quarterbacks like that in this in this draft. Because so, Malik Willis is not going to play this year, right? He's he, I mean, he no. may, but he shouldn't. But next year in 2023 well, with that quarterback draft, that's our class that's loaded. See how Malik Willis. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say Malik Willis is not going to play this year because he ain't going to get any help from Ryan Tannehill. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Like that. That was that was the surprising article. If there's a surprising article, it's that's like, true. yeah, I understand you're in competition, but dude, are you serious? Yeah. Don't be I'm not going to help him. Don't be a I'm jerk. I'm not going to help him. This like, is your last hey. field, Tanny Hill. I don't care if Willis is the quarterback in 2023 or not. Somebody yeah. is replacing you because you're not good enough. I mean, you're exactly. not good enough. Sorry. You're better than right. I am, but I'm some five nine schlub on right. a podcast. The only reason he's had a resurgence in his career from his days in Miami, well, two reasons, because Miami had terrible coaching, and because, huh, who did he have in his, he didn't have Derrick Henry in the backfield, uh, you know, taking up 90% of the defense's right. attention in Miami. If he had, with a great he offensive line. In Miami. Yep. Dude, exactly. That's, uh, yep. When they needed to rely on Tanny Hill, he couldn't do it, and that's what happens. I that. would be so tempted, I would be so tempted if I was Tennessee to cut him now, and not that's a good point. Um, but yeah, what what I was going to say is that 2023 draft class. One of the worst. I think you're fading off. Sorry. But what I was going to say about yeah, the 2023 not. draft class is that while they didn't take yeah. a quarterback, Willis may not be ready to play until 2023. Well, Seattle probably has a chance. They should. They've got two first round draft picks next year to take a quarterback who is NFL ready in 2023 and hasn't wasted a year of his contract while he's sitting on the bench and, and, and be better than Willis would have been anyway. And an hooker. Um, he might not be ready to play until 2024. I mean, I mean seriously, it's like, it's going to take time for this dude to develop, you know? And like you said, even if he is ready in 2023, okay, that's a year of a contract that's down the drain. That doesn't make any 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 sense whatsoever when there are numerous prospects that are better next next season. So right. not surprising at all. It, 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 every team in the league, if they're honest, they would have made the same statement. Well, and they and they even kind the, of were honest, right? Because the they didn't take them until nobody took them until the third round. <clears throat> right, exactly. That was their statement. Yep. True enough. 
So speaking of now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're Doctor, wrong. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Seahawks. I believe that's the name of the film. That is the name of the film. The 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 shocking thing that happens at the end of the film is that he becomes the new Doctor Who. That's that's what I've read. Maybe I've misread something, but is that what happens? That's what happens. And he's played by Dan McGuire, which is really just throws everything out of whack. Oh, good. Because I, I thought they were going to go with Myra, and I was just like, man, that's a no, choice. No. Not going to go with Myra. No. Yeah, it's a it's a very very good film, and it relates to the Seahawks because. There's people water fly. in the movie. There's the people flying. There's water in the movie. So there you go. Um, yeah, it's really good for me. It's like in the top quarter of Marvel films, which are up to like 115 now. So pretty good. In the last uh, year. Yeah, in the last year alone. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it more than the first Doctor Strange film, which I really enjoyed. But of course, there's much more going on in this because it ties into so much of the Marvel properties. Uh, everyone does a fantastic job, and I blanked out on Sheepo Gomez. I believe that's her person. I believe it's you faded off a little bit, but I'm gonna interject right here that uh, I believe the plot is the same as Train Spotting, right? And Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> playing Doctor Doctor Strange Love is not Doctor Strange Love, but Doctor Strange. Is actually Sick Boy. Is that correct? That's correct. He's Doctor Sick Boy. Doctor Sick Boy. That would be Doctor Sick Boy. Allison James live in concert. <laughs> <clears throat> but everybody is terrific. Elizabeth Olsen comes back as Wanda Maximoff slash the Scarlet Witch. And if this was because essentially, even though it's a Marvel film, first place Sam Raimi's the director, and this is a this is Marvel's version of a horror film which is one reason the Marvel films typically are so much better than DC films, because they do genre films within the framework of a superhero <clears throat> universe or multiverse now, because like Captain America Winter Soldier was a 70s espionage film, and Thor Ragnarok is a buddy road movie film. Well, this is Marvel's horror film, and Sam Raimi has a little bit of credit to that, you know, all the, all the uh, <clears throat> Evil Dead films. And there are lots of horror tropes that he revisits in this, and there are parts of the film that are generally, genuinely scary and generally scary. But still, you know, it's a Marvel film. But what the movie really is about is dealing with loss. That's what it's really about, because if you haven't seen WandaVision, first watch WandaVision, because it's awesome and it's on Disney+, Plus. but at least read about the plot of WandaVision, because you have to know what happened in WandaVision. To understand what the hell is going on in this movie. Does, so, hold, hold on one second. Sorry to interrupt. Doesn't one division turn into Stranger Things at the end? It so does. Saying that this it's movie, strange. Doctor Strange Love, turns into people. Doctor people what's Doctor Strange Love? Is? <laughs> so <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen's writing the bomb at the end. But um, Doctor Stranger Love. Doctor Stranger Love. That'd be awesome. I <laughs> would be. would probably be outlawed in several states. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it's about dealing Matt with Gates. loss. Matt Gates is involved. He's all about as long as there's no overeducation of women. Oh my God! Per Matt it's, Gates. Since, since since we've gone completely off the rails several times now, is that not one of the worst quotes it's ever? One of the most uh, despicable things I've seen. Ab ab uh, abhorrent. Yes. Things, and it's not that as a quote; it's a thought. 
the fact that this person would think there's such a thing as being overeducated to begin with, and then to say, oh, that's what you get when you teach the women too much. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, that's dude. exactly what he's saying. It's it's unbelievably <laughs> horrific that we have. When, and you know, he's tweeting it because people are agreeing with it. And that's just, I, I, yeah. I, it's hard to hard to believe we live in that kind of country. I, I live in that kind of state, which makes me yeah, want to throw up in my mouth a lot. But you didn't uh, vote for Matt Gates, for the record. I, well, I, I was not allowed to. You voted for his brother, district. Matty Ice. I did. I did vote for his brother, Matty Ice. But the thing about and this this whole thing that's coming up, and I'll just say this about I'll just say this because it ties into that with the current situation with the Supreme Court. I've seen memes talking about it's like, okay. How can it be my body, my choice when you're telling everybody to get jabbed with a needle? It's like, you know what? If pregnancy was contagious, like if a pregnant woman walked up to you and coughed on you, you could get pregnant. You'd probably be more concerned about it. It's not the same thing, stupid. So well, don't equate the two. For God's if, sakes. If guys got pregnant, it wouldn't be an issue anyway. I, I feel bad for Matt Gates in a way, though, because with this new uh, <laughs> this new Do thing you? that's happening. Well, yeah, because of this new thing happening with the Supreme Court. All those teenage girls are going to start having a lot of babies. He's going to have to dole out a lot of money. That's true. Yes. I feel sorry for the human race, the fact that he's part of it. But, yeah, back to Dr. Strange. The movie is Matt really Gates. about loss. It's, <laughs> and he's Matt no Gates. doctor. It's, it's about loss and how people deal with loss. And I'll just say that Wanda slash Descartes, which does not deal with loss very well at all. And that's what sets up the whole film. Elizabeth Olsen is unbelievably fantastic. If strip away the comic book aspects of it and just go to the root of what it's really about is, is the job she does showing how she is struggling to deal with the loss that she's dealing with is unbelievably good. No, she's not going to get nominated for any kind of awards, but she should. because That's how good she is. She is amazingly good in this film. And absolutely incredible. Yeah, the movie's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh my god, look at this. Oh my god, look at that. There's there's callbacks to a lot of cool little things. There's a, a wizard battle, which is like a throwback to the sixties film The Raven with Vincent Price and Boris Karloff, and like five people will get that when they see the movie. <laughs> no, we would. because we, we we always throw Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen is absolutely incredible in this movie. Awesome. And it's a fun flick. So you definitely should see it. So and, and at the end, Benedict Cumberbatch, who who I really like as an actor, ends up moving to the West, right? And Jesse Plemons is involved in that somehow. Is that right? Friday Night Lights. It's a football show. This is a football show. Yep, yeah, he does. He does. And go hot. He'd be a, he'd be a great football coach. Which one? Friday Night Lights. That the show would be a great football coach. Um. Awesome. Jason Bateman. I don't know how you guys live with yourselves. One day at a time. One day, One at, a day time. at a time. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.